I read that Burger King is testing a new menu in the St. Louis market. It's called the Impossible Burger, and it's not meat or vegetables. It's, I don't know what, but more like a mystery burger, really. It's me, Cindy. They're also doing heavy advertising in support of the Burger King Triple Stacker, which is also a mystery. Like, why would somebody order this? It's three quarter-pound burgers topped with three slices of melted American cheese and loads of bacon. I looked it up. The triple stacker, you can opt for the less overwhelming double or single stacker, will plump you full of 670 calories. But even if you don't know the calorie count, three burgers, cheese, and a pile of bacon, nobody's going to imagine that's good in any way for you. They could have called it heart attack on a bun, a little harder to sell, I guess, but I'm betting as I drive past Burger King today, and I will, as a resident of the fast food capital of Long Island, truly just name a fast food joint and I can measure the distance from my house in blocks. As I pass Burger King, they'll be serving up stackers and whoppers and the occasional fish sandwich. But I will not be hitting that drive through today or tomorrow or who knows when, because spring officially hit last week, and I know that the season of baggy sweatshirts and cozy clothing is about to give way to less camouflage and more skin. So I'm on something of a red alert right now. Okay, here's the truth about gaining weight. It's probably going to happen. There is one theory, or fact, depending on who you're listening to, that we gain about a pound or two pounds a year through middle age. So if you're 120 pounds at 20 years old, you can expect to be 130 or 140 by the time you're 30 years old, 140 or 150 pounds by the time you're 40. And well, you do the math, but you know, it's not pretty. Add that statistic to this startling but enlightening fact that I learned some years ago. Fat cells are like little suitcases. And when they get all filled up, your body whips up new suitcases. Hey, But here's the most important thing I learned. When you lose fat, you are essentially unpacking those fat cells. Good, but not as good as you think because, and this is the crap part, the suitcases themselves, that is to say the fat cells that you grew to accommodate the excess fat, don't go away. They just empty out. So they're ready to fill right up again as soon as the new fat shows up. So as months and years tick by, unless you're burning off more calories than you take in, I figure that's probably not the case for most of us, at least not the case for me. Your body will be growing more suitcases to store the fat, now that that's been explained. Here's what I learned about how to avoid tipping the scales, so to speak, how not to exceed your comfort level. Note that I reference comfort level, nothing more. If you're okay with your body, that's what matters. Who's anybody else to judge and why should you care? But that is an entirely different topic and you can bet I'll have something to say on that eventually. Wait, where was I? Yeah, right, wait. That suitcase thing, it's my favorite thing I've ever learned about the science of gaining weight. It helps me feel like I have a grasp on understanding the how and why. It probably acts like a little voice in my head shouting, stop before you get a new shipment, to which I want to say, shut up. But I just instead nod my head in agreement. The most helpful suggestion I ever got was from my dear friend, Halle Berry. She confessed her secret to keeping her figure. It's so clever. She said that she saved a pair of skin-tight jeans from high school, and once a month, she still puts them on. I thought that was just brilliant. Note, I don't know if Haley actually said that or if some clever magazine editor tossed it in an article I was reading. I didn't know at the time that it would become my favorite piece of advice and trigger my own theory on weight control, or I might have paid more attention. Anyway, 
Given that I was about 30 pounds over my 20s weight, I swear it just snuck up on me about seven pounds at a time. It was too late to use the old high school jeans approach, but I could use that concept going forward, having suddenly been given the key to how did this happen? The key is if or when your clothes start feeling too tight, do not buy bigger pants to accommodate the extra storage. Instead, take that as a clue that your body is starting to expand and do what you have to to pull back on fat storage. Maybe get a little exercise, eat better for a while, more vegetables, less cake won't kill you. I mean, it'll hurt, but it won't kill you. Give it a week or two till you can breathe comfortably or button your pants again, and you're good. See, it's not about losing weight. It's about not gaining more to begin with. In your 20s, 30s, maybe even your early 40s, you can scoff at it. Maybe you're one of those naturally thin people. But trust me when I tell you that as long as you're not burning off more calories than you're taking in, your body is going to store fat, if not yet, eventually. I'm at the vegetables and less cake stage right now. That's enough of a challenge, even more so than getting out of that recliner and turning off the TV. And this is all coming after the cold beef up the survive the winter months of holiday food fests and, like I said, camouflaging the impact of that under bulky sweaters and hoodies. Yay, hoodies. It's not that my clothes are too tight. Of course, we're talking hoodies again here. But I have a feeling that may be different at whatever point I start slipping back into the lighter side of my wardrobe. So I'm trying in that I mean I'm working on dropping a few in preparation have you heard or read or listened to Christiane Northrop? That's Dr. Northrop to you. She's a health and wellness expert. She had some good advice. All this stuff about wheat and women over 50 and bloat and blah, blah, blah. It's all in one of her books. But I saw her on a PBS special and I was like, huh. One of her gems of advice was to get on the scale every day. I know it sounds a little neurotic, but it's so the pounds don't sneak up on you. Unless you're slipping into your high school jeans every month, they have a way of doing that. The scale is how I found out I'd gone from 120 to 127 without noticing. A couple of years more without a scale at the doctor for a checkup, I was up to 134. I was like, take off 10 pounds for my sweater, okay? Anyway, so Christian says, get a scale and get on it. So I did. And here's how I weigh myself. First, I take off my sneakers because they're a couple of years old, back before weightless sneakers were a thing. I figure that's going to save about a pound. Then I take off the hoodie, even though it's only cotton and not even fleece, four ounces maybe. I have a clip holding my hair back, but I leave that in because I'm not completely crazy. And then I'm cracking up because the number isn't even what bothers me. It's that I feel bloated, and so I'm going to have some carrots or something and maybe drink some water and take a walk and tell myself I'll be doing better in a week or two. It's not just mind over matter. It's, you ready for this psychology lesson? Today, we are going to learn about the Pygmalion effect. Pygmalion was a sculptor in Greek mythology that inspired a play, which became a movie, and then the musical My Fair Lady, where Rex Harrison keeps telling Audrey Hepburn that she can do it. The psychological term, the Pygmalion effect, describes how focusing on a belief or a greater expectation will then make it happen. In Rex's case, in case you don't know the play, the movie, or the musical, he makes a hefty wager based on his belief that he can turn a common gutter snipe into a lady of society. Conversely, there's an opposite, the Gollum effect, which has nothing to do, surprisingly, with Lord of the Rings, but it describes that low expectations lead to disappointing lesser realities. 
Both come under the category of self-fulfilling prophecies, which is what you call a false belief that comes true over time. Self-fulfilling prophecies are what can be encouraged by continuing building self-esteem in children or employees. Or, if you suck, by continually pointing out what a failure or a loser or a disappointment somebody is. Either way, it creates an internal feedback loop. So it's like self-hypnosis through what we tell ourselves. Even Sigmund Freud was aware of self-fulfilling prophecies. He wrote, and I roughly quote, If a man has been his mother's undisputed darling, he'll go through life with that confidence, and he will most likely achieve the success she anticipated. So that's one way to prepare for lighter and less summer clothes. Tell yourself continually, you can do it. Be your own undisputed darling. Continue to remind yourself that you will do it. Get that internal feedback loop going. I have many more great ideas and suggestions for paring down and getting in shape. Of course I do. And I have been reading up, and of course I have. And I'll get back to you with that in another week or two. Sure I will. No, really I will. Because I'm still totally in the kicking procrastination's keister mode. So I'll get you more ideas soon because, like I said, it's really all about feeling comfortable in your skin. But not because you caved and bought bigger jeans. And I'm sure that adorable Halle Berry would totally agree.